T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Are they a better team today? Are the Warriors better? And I'm not even saying better in terms of the context of a playoff appearance or NBA championship. Are they a better team today than they were yesterday? Well, they have a guy they they will use rather than the guy they wouldn't use. So that makes them better. Are they better in relation to the other teams in the West? Almost all of whom made at least one kind of player move. I think they probably are now a solid play-in team. I don't see how they end up in the top six. Well, unless the thing that they traded for today was vibes. Like, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous. But, you know, the kids insist it's vibes. And the Warriors, when they're at their best, they were a vibe. They really were. I'm not saying that uh, Gary Payton II comes back in and everyone's just like, oh, championship, walk back in the room. It's not quite that level of a vibe. But he is a player that made this team feel good, play good, look more like itself, and will maybe do that just out there. Just a little reminder of paying attention to defensive details by one or two more guys. I think goes a long way in this team. Uh, And that's, I think, what they're really hoping for. Well, he's a useful piece on a team that hasn't had enough useful pieces. So that's... That right there makes it worthwhile. In terms of the vibe, if it does change, it won't change till Curry comes back. And it certainly sounds like we're talking about minimum the start of March before that happens. Which leaves them, I think, with 18 games left. So, you know, they're going to have to ramp up pretty quickly after that. And whatever vibe Peyton is bringing has to be replaced by a level of efficiency that the Warriors simply haven't had. And that's a lot to ask of a guy who's going to play eighth guy minutes. Because he's not going to all of a sudden get inserted in the starting lineup or play 30 minutes a game. That's not either his function or his skill set. And it's not even what they need. Yeah, but that what they need is one more guy who will give them what they expect to get on a regular basis. And I th- they don't have enough of those. Well, that's the thing, and I think that there is a level of trusted agent that comes with this acquisition that, you know, not even Sadiq Bey or OG Ananobi or Jared Vanderbilt, you know, could bring. You're bringing those guys in and you're hoping that it fits together. You know, they brought in Otto Porter Jr. They thought, man, we really hope that this piece fits. And it did. Eventually. It didn't fit right away. It took them a while to adjust to each other. But it did when it mattered. Is Jermichael Green fitting? 
More than he was. A little bit more than he was. Is Ty Jerome fitting? Mm. Dante DiVincenzo, I think, has turned the corner. He's a guy who fits. And this guy just, you add him and he fits. You know that. You know, his next Steve Kerr big meeting won't be his first. It'll be his first of this year. So I think that they're really counting on that to just translate into better basketball. Because that's the crazy thing. The Warriors, I mean, last night was a prime example. They don't need to be much better than they are. They just need to be a little bit better than they are. One or two actual defensive stops per quarter that you might not have gotten. One or two turnovers that you don't cough away, particularly in a big moment that you might have had, but you, you gave the ball away. Like, hopefully he can provide just a little stability on a bench that guaranteed almost none. None. Um, I think it's a wise move. It's a lot better than five second-round picks, which, what the hell are those going to do? Well, it's funny because going back to the Rui Hachimura trade on the 23rd of January, 46 second-rounders have moved. So apparently they're now more valuable than they used to be. And they seem to be more valuable in bulk than they used to be. There were four instances in the last couple of days where a team moved five second-round picks. That's, I mean, that's probably three more than you would see in any other draft year going back time immemorial. Um, Second-round picks apparently matter now in a way that they didn't used to. But for a team that has finally concluded that it's about the right now more than it is about the two-track future... You need a guy who's got some lines in his face. And that's Peyton. Because, and I will just correct you on one thing. It's not cutting down two turnovers that he's going to do. It's two turnovers he's going to help create against the other team. Because the Warriors are always going to be a high turnover team. It's when they create as many turnovers as they surrender that they become effective. And that goes back to what we've been talking about all year, which is defense. Be better playing defense. The Lakers got better at the trade deadline. The Phoenix Suns, they got better at the trade deadline. The Denver Nuggets, I think, got a little bit better at the trade deadline. The Grizzlies didn't really do anything. The Sacramento Kings didn't really do anything. The three teams that are sitting in one of the... You don't need to worry about a play-on tournament that, that the, the Warriors really are competing against for a, a spot in the postseason. The Mavericks, the Suns, and the Clippers all got better. Uh, they, they got an uphill climb in front of them. And giving away games like they gave a game away last night in Portland, just you, no more of that. I mean, it's just, just no more of that. You are out of time to decide whether or not you're going to be a good and focused basketball team. Uh, obviously, James Wiseman is all out of time with the Golden State Warriors. It was a it was a gamble, Ray. Look, they wanted a unicorn, and he looked like he might be a unicorn. He was a donkey for them. No, they wanted they wanted a unicorn they could mold, and I think that's too high an ask for almost any team because he could do a lot of things, but a lot of those things were not things that the Warriors necessarily value at the top of their list. They wanted a guy who could fit into what they do, not reorder what they do. And 
Well, then I it sounds like the draft pick else. was. It, then it sounds like you're trying to say that the draft pick was just the wrong draft pick from the get go. No, no. What I'm saying is, it made sense at the time. I didn't criticize the pick at the time. They had a guy that they thought, oh my God, he's got all the measurables. Now, if we can just make him our kind of measurable guy, and that's where the risk was involved because he had played so little, and we all thought that meant well, he has no bad habits to break. But he had a vision of himself that didn't coincide with the Warriors' vision. And they never could, for whatever reason, mesh those, those versions of him. And that's why it became an error. I mean, it was a high-risk move at the time, and everybody said so. Because for all the measurables, he had no discernible resume. And, then and that's where that's where the risk was, and they gambled that they could make that use that to their advantage, and ultimately they could not. You know when the best time to ignore what was or was not on anyone's resume? And this isn't just in sports, like this is in life. Forget about the resume. If you're willing to work that hard, if you're that much of a hard worker, if you are tenacious, if you are a dog, maybe your lack of resume gets overlooked. Because you bring things to the table that I value more than a, a, a fluffed up resume. And unfortunately, that's where the rubber never met the road on James Wiseman either. You know, we've asked people from Memphis, what was the book on Wiseman before he ever even got to Penny Hardaway? When he was a high school kid in Memphis, what do you guys think? A lot of people just said, hey, he was born to play basketball. But I don't know if he really likes basketball. And I think that that question, three years into his career, completely and fairly persists. And there's a big part of just the star-crossed, never got healthy enough at the right time, in the right moment of time, where a few more minutes that were deemed unavailable at other moments of time might have been deemed, deemed more available at those moments in time. He was always hurt in those moments of times, too. He only played 60 games for the Warriors in three years. That's it. 60 games. Ray, of the top two picks ever in NBA history to make a debut with the team that drafted them, he played the fourth fewest games ever. Markel Fultz only played 33 games with the Sixers before they moved on. Purvis Ellison uh, was, uh, what, what, what did we go from? Never nervous Purvis to, uh, oh, what, what did Danny Ainge call him? What did, Danny Ainge gave him like the, uh, just a perfect nickname because he was always hurt. Um, yeah, I don't Out I of don't service remember. Purvis. Out of service Purvis. Thank you very much. That was, yeah, that's the best contribution Danny Ainge ever made in the NBA. And I couldn't remember. Out of service Purvis. Uh, Purvis Ellison only played 34 games with the Kings before they moved on. Anthony Bennett, who is a massive, massive bust, 52. And here's the thing. Purvis wasn't a bust, and Markel Fultz is at least playing. Anthony Bennett is a disaster. And is, 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 is he with the Pistons? Is Anthony Bennett with the Pistons? I don't believe so. Is he with anyone right now? He's just out of the league, fully. But say, maybe he and... James Wiseman can swap war stories about being disappointed in second overall picks. But, uh, yeah, Bennett is not. And he was the number one pick in the draft, too. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, those are, those are guys who, you know, didn't have really career-altering 
moments when they got to their next team, although Purvis Ellison was a good player. Um, it sucks that it didn't work out for Wiseman. I, I do. I like. I. 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 I felt so bad for him. I even the last time we asked Steve Kerr about this, like, do they owe it to him to either trade him to go play and have his career somewhere else, or see more of what you got? This is from January twenty first. I think that's a fair question. You know, one of the things that I tell James from time to time is I, I feel bad for him because of the circumstances. He's he's had a a tough go with the injuries. The injuries have definitely set him back, but. Bottom line is he's a really talented young guy playing on a veteran team. So he's he's in a situation where he's not getting as many reps and as much playing time as he would in a different set of circumstances. Um, you know, had, had he been drafted by a, a different team, he'd be getting more opportunities for sure. And that's uh, part of his story. That's part of his journey. And what I love about James is he understands that and recognizes it and continues to keep a, a positive spirit and energy and, and he works hard every single day and uh, and he's wonderful to coach so as i've said many times i'm a huge fan and um, however this plays out we don't know but um, i i hope i get to continue to coach him and i hope that he can develop here and and get more opportunities as we go forward very diplomatic answer from steve kerr as you can expect Ray, maybe the reason why he wasn't playing down the stretch is because they just knew straight up it's 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 we are going to trade him come hell or high water, even if it's only a salary dump for a collection of second rounders. We're doing it. And the last thing we need is him getting hurt in a throwaway game before the deadline, which we you know, we didn't really want to play him, but we did, and what do you know he gets freaking hurt in that, and now we're stuck. Oh, I'm I'm sure if they had made up their mind yesterday that they would have basically said we have some. We, they would have told him probably. We got something that might be working for you, so don't plan on playing tonight. So John Hollinger uh, kind of broke this down a couple days ago. By the way, if you want to know who's really good at predicting what might happen in the NBA trade deadline, today's a good day to read articles from like four or five days ago. See who's on it. See who's on to what might happen. And I'm not saying you need to be. 100% accurate in your predictions of what could happen in a wide open trade deadline where you didn't know who was really going to be a buyer or a seller or whatever. But were you on to the way teams go about conducting business or thinking? And let me tell you, this John Hollinger guy, he was all over this, Ray. John Hollinger said, you know, an unprecedented 10 teams are in the luxury tax this year. Boston, Brooklyn, Dallas, Denver, Golden State, the Clippers, the Lakers. The Bucks, the Sixers, and the Phoenix Suns. That's not all, though. Three other teams, Atlanta, Miami, and New Orleans, aren't in the tax this year, but somehow, someway, have already put themselves over the tax line for next year. James Wiseman represents $9.6 million this season and $12.2 million next year, meaning that, you know, teams like San Antonio, Detroit, Utah, Indiana, that are so far under the tax, they could have actually traded for him without sending anything back. But such a transaction, like why, why would you want to make a deal with anyone where you're getting nothing in return was, you know, kind of the premise he's working off of there. And he said, well, such a transaction, if you were just to trade him for nothing in return, it would save the Warriors about $51 million in salary and tax this year, an estimated $85 million in salary and tax next year for a total of $131 million in savings to dump off a guy who rarely plays. So I think that was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, I don't know if they, I mean, 
they would trade him for nothing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just just to get some tax relief. And that will annoy people who believe that he didn't get enough of a look. But this is a hard business. It's a hard it's, business. And here's the thing. And the flexibility that you might have said that this, you know, th- that they're punting on or, or not committing to now allows them to have a little bit more flex to future plans. Like, this is not the last season of Warriors basketball. True or false? False. I think if they don't win it all this year, they're folding. That's it? They're just going to... That's Done. All right, bring out the bulldozer, just demolish yeah. Chase. Oh, no, they could they could turn it into like a gigantic Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I, who doesn't love a ball pit the size of an NBA arena? Absolutely. I mean, it would take about 480 million balls, but... It'd be worth it, worth a go. I mean, just what you're saving on NBA tax dollars, you could afford all those plastic balls. The whole point is, is that this isn't the last year the Warriors are going to be doing business. And James Wiseman would add a level of bottom line business to their business that might have presented the, prevented them from doing even more business down the road. The, that's not enough business for my liking that comes out of this today translates into more options in the future. And this is not the last year of Steph Curry. No, see, that's the other thing, is that if there is a criticism to be made of Joe Lacob and Bob Myers, it's that I think they hurried this two-timeline thing into existence. You didn't have to put it that way. You just say, well, this is the part of a transition that's going to come over years. We don't have to start showing you two tracks today. And I think the way that the young guys have been used largely shows that they haven't done that but they announced it as though it was going to happen and i think in that way they got over their skis and people expected well how's moses moody going to learn if he doesn't get to play well you don't get to play if you don't show that what what you've learned i mean it's just it literally is keeping the horse in front of the cart you don't get given minutes on a good team you have to earn them and that was the thing that I think a lot of people kept wanting to miss because they wanted to see the future. They always think every team is aiming towards something else. When the Warriors, almost uniquely, are a team that's, that, that's where it wants to be now, and they're trying to figure out how to prolong that. Right. And your better chance of prolonging that is with the guys that got you there as recently as last year. This is Rick calling from the East Bay. What do you got, Rick? Hey guys, uh, this is my first time calling in. Um, Sorry, I've been a season ticket holder for over twenty years. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, I, I think the trade today was really a positive move. Uh, as as we all know, you know, GP two is a fan favorite, and just like when the coach takes a timeout for, you know, the team to regroup, when you bring this guy in, he seems to not only spark the fans, but he sparks the rest of the teammates. And we need more of that right now with our defense. And I think this guy might just be the piece that's missing because we're close, but not close enough. And I think this could this could turn into something good. Well, again, to, to use a parlance of our times, Rick, and thank you so much for the call. Hopefully he's a vibe. What did the Warriors add at the trade deadline? What did they do? What was their move? Improving the vibe. Maybe that's what Gary Payton II does for the Golden State Warriors. And I'm not saying that James Wiseman was killing the vibe. He wasn't part well, he, what couldn't you can't kill what you're not a part of. Exactly. You cannot help the team if you cannot play basketball on the team. Now, Damon, 
whose fault is it that he couldn't play basketball? That's a totally legit question, and that's another show, and we are you know, going to try to get to the bottom of that, but I'm going to tell you right now, they put an awful lot of effort into coaching this kid up. An awful lot of effort. With special coaches that they've hired, special assistant coaches who specialized in big men. You know, they brought in the guy who really helped create Nikola Jokic. Just didn't translate. And we'll see what James Wiseman looks like in Detroit. A different situation, more opportunity to play. Is he going to blossom into something that the Warriors a week from now are going to go, my God, why didn't they figure out a way to do something with that? Use that. But he's going to be used in such a different way in Detroit yeah. than he would be used here. Again, that's that's maybe the the fatal flaw cooked into this thing from the day they went to the store to buy it. He just never really fit who they are. No, I mean it, it was it was very definitely a gamble. I mean we've we've said that enough, and I think they thought that he would pick up what they want from him. And I think one of the worst things that happened to him was that he made his debut on a bad team where he wasn't sort of put into the system from the start. That was essentially a lost year because he was he was confused by what they were asking him because there weren't a lot of rewards in that season. So I think in a way, he said, well, we need, we need points. We need scoring. And that's not what the Warriors viewed him long term. But all he knew was... But this is what's happening now. And so I think that set him back as much as anything. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.